podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Yes, it's the morning after the night before and what a night as Celtic blow Rangers away and an incredible night under the disco lights at Celtic Park. This is the Final Whistle Show, this is Tino and this morning I'm joined by James and Paddy to ask the question, who's the best player in the modern game, Paddy, and why is it Rio Hattati? Paddy, I'll come to you first, your thoughts. A decent wee night? Um, I quite a, a quiet reserve night for me last night. Um, no, absolutely brilliant. We blew them off the park for the start to the finish. I thought we were outstanding. Um... And just yeah, a massive marker laid down. I said in the show a couple of weeks ago, to win the, those three games against Hearts and United and Rangers, lays the marker and it, it's happened. I'm very happy. Yeah, absolutely. James, over yourself, you've been to plenty of those kind of games. Was that up there with the best of them? It really was. Um, the strangest thing is, you know, you'll know yourself, I'm usually a bag of nerves before these games. Even when I'm confident I'm a bag of nerves, I've never been calmer. make any sense. <laughs> even I'm confident, but, you know, nervous energy or whatever it is, but I've never been calmer before a Glasgow derby, I couldn't see it going any other way, whether it was a 1-0, 2-1, we were running that game, and they came out, and they didn't put a foot wrong from start to finish. Yeah, and I think, you know, the atmosphere, and the, you know, the kind of fever pitch, and everything before it, I'm the same, I was in a kind of similar, quietly confident frame, I'm saying quietly confident, I called 3-0 Paddy, on the weekly show, <laughs> that you might see, uh, not to blow my own trumpet, but geezer. Um but yeah, there, there was a, just a, something different, something, unique about this one and you know given that it was a full Celtic park with only Celtic fans in attendance it all added up for, for just a, a perfect night so obviously let's look at the the lineup first of all we'll take it back to then before we get into the, the real nitty gritty so the big news pre-match party of course was the confirmation that Callum McGregor was going to make it uh, and start the game that'll have been a huge boost not just to the fans but his teammates as well yeah um, I, again something I've said about McGregor is, is that he's a player that makes us tick um, he's for me the best player in the country um, and you know it's huge to have in that starting eleven. The psychological battles that he wins against a lot of those players is huge for us. He, he, he from the get go was right in a lot of their players' faces. Small reactions to winning corners, throw-ins, celebrating the fact that we were dominating that game. Small things like that add up, and yeah, just great to see him give his all. You know and. Someone with an injury was quite happy to put himself in there where others like to sit in the stand with their £400,000 a week. Patrick. <laughs> Get it in early. Uh, James, the guy behind me kept calling him the masked singer, which makes no sense at all, but I like it anyway. Um, how important was it that he stepped up on a night like last night? Yeah, we were talking, talking about it just before we came on air there. I think McCarthy you know, came on and did well and would have done a decent job if he'd started. I think Beaton would have done a decent job if he wasn't suspended. But it wasn't the the footballing ability, it was the carrying the team that McGregor does would have missed out on. And you know, Hart can do a job there, but McGregor's the man for that. And that's, you know, he just, he, he lifted us right at the start and he took us on that line all the way to the finish. Yes, it started at a high tempo and that, that never waned throughout the match. Um, just in terms of any other notable points in the lineup, there was a suggestion or, or debate whether Jack Marcus would keep his place or a bad might come in the centre, but he kept it as as is. So Jota obviously started this time out on the left-hand side, a bad at the right-hand side and Jack Marcus through the middle. Were you fairly happy with the lineup overall, Paddy, when you seen it come out? I was. I think um, we're still kind of trying to see what we're getting from uh, the big man up front. I, th I thought uh, Jack Marcus... He, he showed at hearts what he's capable of. I think he's quite a um, 
quite a rugged centre forward. He likes to throw himself into things. And they were talking about bringing uh, Suter in as if that was going to be a saving grace. The big man handed um, Suter an absolute tanking last last week at Tynecastle, and I would have been happy to have seen that as well. Um, Dundee United, a bit of an iffy game, yes, absolutely. Confidence probably down a wee bit with, with fans getting on on the back sometimes. But then when that goal went in, he was one of the first to run down into the corner as yeah. well. He really wants to do well for his team, I think. Um, and I thought last night, his intelligence, his movement, and again, just taking the likes of Goldson and Bassey for a walk sometimes and pulling them out of position was very, very clever from him. I think so. And, you know, we'll get to it in a moment, but he's also had some really decent efforts. He's actually been very unlucky in the night not to get a couple of goals, James. Even if you take the, the United game into uh, account as well, over the last two games, he could have easily had three goals, but for exceptional goalkeeping. So he's not doing anything wrong in terms of his goal scoring you know, prowess and ability and talents. He's put himself in the right places. He's getting his shots away. But he's adding that dimension of physicality to the front line that, you know, Kyogre and Maeda aren't going to give you. And Goldson and Bassey couldn't handle it. Suter couldn't handle it. And it's a real dimension that we do need in our team. Yeah, I think he's proven his worth. And he is. He, he's absolutely a very, very different player to Kyogo, mm -hmm. to Maeda. But he's he's effective in other ways. And I yeah. think he's going to, you know, bear fruit in the, the remainder of this season and beyond. Um, yeah, so I think we were all fairly pleased with that lineup. And there was actually a decent bench. It's not the strongest bench we've had. But keep it in mind, you've still got Kyogo to come back. Rogic, Gucci, Turnbull, Chris Julian. Maeda will probably start more games than not. There's real strength and depth all of a sudden. And as you've know, as you said, Barry, to manoeuvre those three key games, Hibs, Hearts, Rangers uh, and Dundee United, sorry, if you want to throw them all in the mix. So 12 points. We've won five out of five since we've come back for the break. The break that we decided when it takes place, by the way. Um, and they're looking really strong and they're only going to get stronger. Absolutely. Um, I've always said in this show, one thing that's going to help us this season is just keeping momentum. And, you know, what What was the last time we, we lost a league game? Was it, was it September? Livingston. Livingston. So that's an incredible run for a team that's rebuilding. We've got to remember where where we we are now. We are top of this league, and it's just down to the sheer effort from each and every single player in the team. By the way, but also just the management skills of this guy we've brought in, and we're growing to love him every day. We, we all said at the start of this season, if we were to finish second, but a close second, we would really, really appreciate the efforts. To be where we are just now is incredible. I never said that. Would you accept second now, Paddy? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but you're right, it's just it's such a huge effort. And we don't see half of the work that goes on behind the scenes and up at Lennox Town, but it's clear that whatever's going on, everyone's in it together. There's a real unity between the players, the coaching staff, the backroom team, and we're, you know, we're bearing the fruits of that right now. So what we'll do, let's go on to the game itself. Uh, James, we've barely sang the last bars of You'll Never Walk Alone and Rio Hattati has popped up in the edge of the box to guide a volley just inside the far post. Talk us through that one. Just, you know, there's a bit of talk about the kind of clash between Bassey and Aribo in the box kind of thing. I think Madden's refereed that quite well. He's looked at what's going on. The ball's in the back of the net before he can do anything because it spills out to Hattati. No one closes him down, which is absolutely criminal for a guy with his talent in the edge of the box to not be closed down. He's taken his time Taken a touch, picked his spot, got a wee bit of a nick of the way through, which took it further away from the goalie, but I think it was in anyway. And he's just away, wheeled away and took in his applause. Yeah, I think the nearest guy to him was the Manchester United wonder kid, um, who apparently was playing last night in the first half. So it's not really had much of an impact there. I think, I, I've not watched all of it, but apparently Van Bronckhorst was fairly scathing of his defenders, rather than moan about the, the potential head knock. He was saying, aye, but 
Close nobody's him. gone out to close him down. Hatati's shown real composure, Paddy, and he's just, as I say, he's guided in, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a clever finish. Again, though, it's, it, Van Bronckhorst is right. He's got this, the time to stand and do that. Um, and, you know, with Van Bronckhorst being right there, I don't think it was right to play a man because what an absolute crazy game uh, to play a 19-year-old. Has he got it? the choice to not play him? Well, true, true. But, I mean, just that wee kid looked lost last night. Yeah, and the fact that they've made three changes at halftime, and we've obviously we'll, we'll cover more for <laughs> first half soon, but the fact they've had to make three changes, it tells you he's got it all wrong and his players haven't responded to him, yeah. which is a good thing for us. I mean, James, given the you know the frenzy and the atmosphere pre-match, it's just a, a dream start for us and a disaster for Rangers. It, it was all I wanted really, you know, was to get the tempo up right from the first uh, the first minute and get add a real. Uh, confidence we'd be scoring the first 15 I thought we'd maybe get two in the first 15 if we if we went at them like that but to get that first goal we just took the confidence from that and it is it's, it, there was a lot of things going on around the ground that the Rangers players seemed cowed by the noise no support thanks to their own fans creating that situation they just seemed in disarray from, from the start bewildered you know they had a decent period where they came it was like 28 minutes, 25 minutes for about 10 minutes, but we were soaking it all up. It wasn't heavy pressure or anything. But yeah, the, it, getting the goal early was the, the big target for, for Ange and for Celtic. We got it and we kicked on. There was a real interesting thing pre-match. We, we clocked it, we were there together, where the Rangers players carried out their warm-up right in front of the Green Brigade. Mental. I don't know if it was planned, and if it was planned, they've made an arse out because <laughs> they they just get balled out and you could actually just feel the tension. I feel thought, them shrinking. I thought, that's intimidating. You know, and I don't know, we were there with our dad and he said, I don't know if, you know, is Van Bronckhorst maybe can have done that deliberately? I don't think so. That's I don't think style. he's that kind of guy. Maybe a Gerard would do that. I don't think it's Van Bronckhorst style. And if somebody like Arfield or Tavernier or somebody thought that's a good idea, they've blown it there. The, the better idea would have gone over to the, the, the Rangers corner yeah, traditionally yeah. where they'd have still got a bit of grief but it wouldn't have been anything like the hotbed. And I just think that'll have got any player's head. You know, Diallo and, you know, other young players and different guys in that team will have gone, already didn't they fancy this? Yeah. I knew there was going to be 60,000 against us. This isn't, this isn't for me. Right. And I just think it, it was a, a simple but stupid move by them. Uh, it's, I mean, um, yeah, baffling. Why you think, let's let's say, try and G your players up by bringing them into that corner. Um, the... There's an arrogance though with that team mm. um, that there has been, and that's something Gerard left with them. Um, but I think we've we've taken that right off them last night. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so yeah, so it's beyond that first goal, as, as we've mentioned, there, James, dream start. Um, you know, really keeps the momentum going. Fans are buzzing. Players obviously get a huge lift. And at that point, we've started to create some really good chances. I mentioned Jack and Marcus, and he's not done much wrong with several of these chances. So one came from when Jota came inside after terrible play by Taverners, just oh, gifted him a chance. Yeah. Decent effort by Jota, very good save by McGregor, spilled high into the air, and Jackamakis has climbed about 15 feet <laughs> to get a header. He's been very unlucky, another good save. Beyond that, he said the one that's been cut back to him, he's, he's hit it high, McGregor's made a good save. He's then hit one low, which has been caught between McGregor's legs. He's doing everything right, he's getting good, solid shots on target, and there's other breaks around that, and for a time it was relentless, wasn't it? His positioning, his positioning the full game last night was outstanding, and I think that's what he's bringing to the table. We've seen some of his, his goals, his goal, he likes, he loves the near post run, um, his goals against um, Alaba, and his, goals against, his, his goal against Hearts, just shows what he's capable of in those tight positions. 
and just his movement, just the intelligence just to drop from the defender is very, very clever. Um, I just thought that, yeah, it's going to come. It's going to start paying off eventually for him. I think, albeit good saves from McGregor, um, we were talking off air before we come on, he, he knows where to be. That's just the experience of how long he's played the game. Um, they're good saves, but I also just think it's good positioning from more than anything. And I just think that Yakimakis will eventually find out, realise, right, I'm getting this all right. I just need to know where to place it a bit better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, other goalkeepers, their goals, if you know what I mean. But I think that's it. They're just good good saves to McGregor, sadly. I think so. James, is it over the top to suggest it could have been 5 or 6 nil at half time if not for the goalie? Nobody could have complained if it was. You know, the the, the football was just blistering. Yeah. And it's, it's those chances, you know, Jota, Giacomacchus, um, I think Riley maybe the one as well, Abada a couple. It, you know, McGregor kept it from being five anyway. Yeah. Um, speaking of goalkeepers, so there's a really important moment just before our second goal where all of a sudden Scott Arfield, Scotty Arfield, finds himself in on goal. Uh, it's a decent pass by Rebo and it looks like it's all opened up for him. But Kujo Hart, he races off his line to smother the, the effort. And also importantly, rather than stand on ceremony and, and applaud himself for a great piece of goalkeeping, mm-hmm. the moment he's got that secure in his hands, he's looking around and seeing where can we break, what's the next move. He's been an exceptional find for Celtic, hasn't he? He has, and and from that move, it leads us to our, to our second goal, absolutely. And it, it, I'm critical sometimes of him when we're maybe three, four, nothing up, or we're, we're seeing a game out, and he's maybe just too quick with distributing the ball. Mm. I'm always just like, put the buffers on. I was quite like that a bit last night as well. But I can understand why he does it. He likes to catch a team off guard. Uh, and it's very clever and he's played with teams that play football very very quickly and can can you know run with that straight away in pressure games like that last night I was just a couple of times in the second half slow it down Joe please <laughs> like just my heart can't take that now. <laughs> yeah. but uh, no what a, what a great signing and I'm happily happily proven wrong with yeah. uh, with bringing him in I questioned it I think many did you know I just I raised the eyebrows and I thought okay well let's see it can't have been much worse than Barkas but not sure as you know it's his time in the you know the spotlight up he's blown all that out the water and he's been such an important guy for us I think he's thriving here as well though I think he's really really enjoying it you aye, know second be, summer aye absolutely and I, and I think he's he's thinking to himself like there is a lot to play for up here um, and he's he's going to hopefully well he's won one trophy he's going to hopefully win more and he seems like a footballer he doesn't seem like someone that's happy to sit and take the wage in he wants to win trophies and that's he's he's revitalising himself being yeah. up here I think he's enjoying the responsibility of being a senior player as well yeah. because yeah. I've got it in my notes to cover we've got such a young squad mm-hmm. such a young talented squad at least of all Ben Doak at 16 now showing that he's got a part to play O'Reilly's 21 Hattati's 24 you know it's, it's young young guys and Joe Hart comes in you know somewhere in his 30s played at World Cups, I think you said 75 caps for England, James. He's been there and done it mm-hmm. and he's now getting to pass on all that experience to this young squad and he is so, so important to to what we're doing. Yeah, and he's, we said before the game, you know, and I hope he doesn't hear this, a poor guy, but how would you have felt if, same same lineup, but with Barkas and goals? You know? Exactly that. I'm, you know, the, it's the importance to the players knowing that Joe Hart is behind Cuff, them. It gives there. them the confidence because so last season was a disaster for so many reasons, but to give some sort of uh, defence to the defence, you know, whether it was Duffy or Laxalt, remember those guys? Oh, God. <laughs> it's bringing me to tears <laughs> thinking about it. But knowing that it was Barkas behind them, it makes you nervous as a player, knowing that if your, you know, backline is breached in any way, 
you've effectively got no chance. Yeah. With Joe Hart, it's completely different. Apart from the organisational skills and the talking, he's decent with the ball at his feet and he knows how to play the system. You also know that he's got a fair chance in a one-on-one that he'll pull something mm-hmm. out of the bag. Mm-hmm. So for so many reasons, he's become so important. And as you say, Paddy, he's made that save and very quickly it's led to the second goal, James. You want to talk us through the, the build-up on that one? Probably one of the best goals we've scored this season and we've scored some crackers. So he's got out to... Juranovic uh, is up the line to Riley straight away, I think. Yeah. You know, this, I, I this is all. Katavakar's first pops it to Juranovic, Juranovic. and up to O'Reilly. Yeah. And it's all fast paced. O'Reilly just finds this beautiful ball inside to, for Abada to uh, run onto. He's then got a kind of quick switch to Hatati, who's used Bassi as a marker, bent it right around him. There's a bit of criticism of the goalie. I don't think the goalie can do anything with that. He's unsighted. Um, it's an absolute peach of a goal. I think it's a frightening goal at any level of football and any football person watching that would just admire it. It's such a quick break, but it also doesn't happen by accident. It's a lot of work off the ball to make those spaces. And importantly, Hatati makes the run off of Kamara, I think. Kamara's just dreaming. You can see, I think it was on the, the sports scene highlights, uh, where Hatati just runs into that space. As you say, uses the defender as a marker. I think their goalie's blindsided. And it's just a great finish. You're almost just kind of caught off guard yourself just right. watching it and... It was party time. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things I've, I want to touch on just w- with what you're saying, Dino, there, just the build-up and, and how we knew where to pick them off uh, in order for the ball to get through to Hatati is the, in- the intelligence of our tactical play last night and just watching and closing down every line of passing for them last night. I even watched it a couple of points with corners. If we were putting a ball in, the likelihood is it was going to be Goldson or Bassey possibly winning it, a lot taller than what we were, were offering, albeit uh, Giacomakis was there. Um, but a couple of times I watched Callum McGregor and Hitati, and their role was basically just, the minute the corner was wasted, if the ball was up in the air, they were just dropping right out and being the next person to receive it straight away. They'd done it time and time again, especially McGregor, who was very, very clever at it, yeah. and just reading that the game, the ball's going to come out, He's, he knows it's going to be in that position and he, he, he took possession about three or four times because of this in the in the first half when we were keeping the pressure on them. It's just very clever and it's just good man management as well. Yeah, definitely. Just very clever and it's, it's so important to be around to pick up that second ball because particularly with things like corners and set pieces, it might not go to plan, you might not get the result that you're looking for. It's important to be there to, to mop up the seconds, isn't it? Definitely is and it's... <sighs> It's, it's not a big part of our game, you know, getting corners swung, swung in the middle uh, as well. And people have complained about, about, about that. But then other guys, you know, much more informed in stats than me, have said the percentage of goals scored or goal scoring opportunities that come from corners into the box are so small. Like Mourinho didn't bother with it and stuff like that. So we're playing a different way as well. So there's, there's not so much of that swinging in. When the ball's coming back out, they're starting to reset. See, a great thing from the fans' point of view as well is when the ball goes from a potential corner from us and it ends up back at Carter Vickers, no one complains. We restart another attack. Yeah, historically, we'll have seen that Celtic Park where the groans will have gone round if we've gone back into our, mm-hmm. our own half. But very quickly, I think there is a, a bit of education that's been taken on board by the fans, you know, yeah. ourselves absolutely included. When when you see it going from Carter Vickers to Starfelt and back again, you, you know, for the first few games of the season, you're going, this is a bit pedestrian. You actually realise it's part of a bigger picture because... So Carter generally starts on the right-hand side and they'll pass it between them. You know, they'll trade passes for a bit and then it'll come out to Starfelt. And all of a sudden, due to the movement ahead of them, you've got Jota one-on-one with uh, Tavernier, yeah. for example, or out on the right-hand side, you've got a badder facing up to Barisic. And that doesn't happen by accident. You know, 
getting your wingers in one-on-one positions is the target. Yep. And when it's too busy, come out the other side, recycle, and then pounce when the moment is right. So how dare we have questioned Angela at all? <laughs> but you realise there's something more at play here. Well, absolutely. And it's like you say, it's bringing that one-on-one um, kind of set up for each of the wingers. And what you're watching is Juranovic and Taylor last night. And by the way, pass marks for them uh, last night, I thought Craig yes. Taylor played very well. They pull the midfield right back in. So all of a sudden you've went for three centre mids to now having to kind of deal with five. So their midfield isn't really knowing what to do and their wingers are still starting to kind of track back. And before you know it, that passes out in the wings. It's very clever play and it's incredible to watch now, now that we are a bit more understanding of it. Um, but what I'm starting to see a lot more from is now, is just, especially the last night, was instead of it almost in the first half, almost going back to uh, Carter Vickers and Starfelt, was that we were just keeping them in there. It was always between a mid-three. So um, McGregor just recycling the ball. Instead of starting back at the very back, it was happening in like their area, very close to the 18-yard box. And I just thought we'd done that an awful lot last night. I thought it put them under so much pressure. Um, I've never seen a game where you've seen the likes of uh, Tavernier, you've seen the likes of Barisic um, starting to run back because they had no option in midfield. We were closing out the midfield at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. The uh, Marcus was blocking passes into the middle of the park. It was incredible just watching them panic and having to play it back to their keeper, who also started to panic and start kicking it out the, the park. It was great. Exactly that. And you know what? That doesn't happen by accident. There was so many times in that first half where Alan McGregor found the ball at his feet, and that is only as a, as a result of the work that Giacomakis, yeah. Ivanovic, and all these other guys do to press that. At one point, I think Rangers had a free kick fairly deep inside our half. They try to work something short and next thing you know, it's back at Alan McGregor. <laughs> and that is job done from our point of view in yeah. terms of that high intensity, that press, that that off the ball stuff that, that Angie's talked about so often. Yeah, and, and even when it gets to him, it's not the same situation where if a ball goes back to Joe Hart, we know we're starting an attack. You saw them trying to play out. They've got the numbers wrong. They've got the positions wrong. What happens is he rolls it out to one of his defenders, gives it to the other defender, and then he hoofs up the park. Yeah. The goalie might as well do it himself if you're going to play that game. It's it's meant to start your attacks. It's not meant to just be hoofed up the park because mm-hmm. what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's go back to, to Rayo Hatati. So second goal, brilliant finish, dream start for for him. Parry, shades of Luba Moravchik from the 5-1 game in terms of he scored the goal. And not, I'm not saying he doesn't realise the significance of it, but he's just kind of turned around, soaked so, it all so in. Top. And enjoyed the moment. I'm going with a canter celebration. One of the boys, <laughs> made, one of the boys mentioned that in the group last night and it's spot on. I just that, uh, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, look at us. <laughs> he seems quite a, a humble guy, a hardworking guy, and he'll just be delighted to be a part of this. Of course. You know, he's, he's been here two minutes. He's a man in the match debut. He scored a screamer against Hearts. He scored two against them. I mean, what a start to his career. And he's no fit. I know. <laughs> no. Hi. This isn't the end, Paddy. This is just the beginning. Uh, well, we, we were actually saying that last night. Uh, boy, I sat next day, Johnny. We were, two of us were talking. And actually, before the second call, I was just like, he looks a yard off the pace tonight. Like he's, he's struggling to get the, uh, the ball under control. And then the two of us are like, ah, a great player. Should never have taken him <laughs> off in the second goal. Yeah, he'd one or two misplaced passes. But listen, when it comes yeah. to the, the important thing, <clears throat> the important things he's done them yeah. really really well he's now scored more goals in his four games than Ryan Kent has all season just saying uh, so he spoke to the media immediately after the game and said yes my man can we just play them every week how do you get to the Gallagate from here he's really just fitting in nicely uh, isn't he uh, he's, he's 
and embracing the culture, getting to know the city. Great guy. Yeah. So as you say, Fatty, he's still a wee bit off the pace fitness-wise, and Ange has said that in his post-match comments, but he's just been an exceptional signing so far. One of many, but yeah, he's... he's going to say he's standing head and shoulders above the others, but he's, he's not because the standard is so high mm-hmm. of the signings. I've never seen a manager make so many signings that hit the ground running, have the ability, and they're signed for nothing. So we haven't, net, on net spend, we haven't spent a penny. Mm-hmm. What we've spent, we recouped from from selling guys. I mean, pff, Celtic could have been doing this kind of stuff for years if they'd thought about it, you know, but they, they, as their pal Pat says, they... They fell in the Clydeway. Angie came out with a big Sam in their pocket. Yeah, no half. <laughs> uh, nine out of the 11 players that started, Paddy, are Ange signings. That's just incredible. A, to, to find the value, you know, in such markets. Juranovic for two and a half million. Nonsense. Right. <laughs> the Balkan robbery. Hatati for pennies. <laughs> Matt O'Reilly for one and a half million. Right. It's out of order by Celtic. You know, I feel embarrassed that we've picked yeah. up these players so cheaply. But there's just a real value there. And if you've got a guy that knows how to identify a player and target them then, then that's the reward you get but to A sign them and B gel them it's mm-hmm. one thing getting all these good players together you've got to then you know forge a, a team spirit yeah. and, and a system of playing and he's done that and then some and only McGregor and Taylor were non-hand signings and they themselves are continuing to excel dare I say it that the backroom team have something to do with that as well coming into that setup and understanding what it is to be at that club mm-hmm. Um I think there's something there with the likes of McManus, the likes of Kennedy. Um, I know obviously we, we criticise these guys when we're not doing well, um, and I think rightly so. But when it's going right, they've got to be rewarded, they've got to be recognised as well. But when you look at the leadership for someone like McGregor, and you just look at the players that have still been there and understand everything it's about, they are bringing these players in, welcome, welcoming them to the club, basically saying, we can go and win trophies if you want. You could. This could be the stepping stone of your career, but for now, come and enjoy everything about this. And I tell you what, that stadium last night was rocking. The atmosphere was brilliant. The disco lights were incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell like, anyone wants to sign for that team if they sit and watch that last night. What I was thinking, I said it to yourself, James, after that game has been shown around the world and all eyes in Australia are on it, for example, given the focus on Ange just now. And see, just as a spectacle, pre-match, we've, I think most of us watched the highlights when we got up the road. There's smoke in there from yeah. some of the flares, there's banners, there's the displays, the light. Everything was such a showpiece and what a way to to just highlight and just to show off Celtic Football Club. It really is, you know, and, that, and that's what, you know, I'm just giving you a bit more of a global audience there. You know, you've always, always had your kind of Aussie Celtic supporters and supporters clubs over there. But now you've got your everyday Aussie sports maniac who's just like, oh, I remember Angie and starting to tune into that as well. And for new fans or for the new players, so those guys like Yaranovic and O'Reilly and you know Hatati, they might go on to to other clubs and you know have good careers and stuff like that elsewhere. They'll never ever experience what they experienced last night. Yeah, I agree. Unless they stay at Celtic Park and we, we do it again, you know, in, in times to come, that's a really special moment in their career that'll never be repeated. Yeah, I don't think anyone that took any part last night will will ever forget that one. And it's not it's not been too dramatic about it. It was just such a spectacle. And, you know, what a statement from Celtic to go out and, and put on that kind of display for, for the millions that have been watching globally. Um, to get back to the football, so obviously, just when you're thinking, James, how happy you'd be to go into it at half-time, Leah Labada has had other ideas 
Um, it looks like the whole range of defence has gone sleeping, Aye. particularly on that right-hand side to let the cross in, whether it was Tavernier at fault or Kamara. But someone who was definitely sleeping was Barisic. He, he was absolutely dreaming. And Abada's stolen, and it's it's ended up becoming quite a typical Abada-type move. Mm. It's just uh, a great goal. He, he's done that. When he first signed, he was doing that quite a bit. He just The positioning was incredible, just sneaking up behind the the, the last player. And yeah, I, I no idea what Barisic was doing. Maybe maybe caught up with the atmosphere. I'm no no idea. Uh, yeah, James. At that point, it's become a doing. What do you, what were you thinking? Oh, many do you want kind of thing. Uh, the funny thing I caught was that um, we'd myself, and my dad nipped away for a for a pie. Got downstairs and it was uh, on the screen. And Abada's wheeling away, celebrating his goal. And my dad says, "I thought it was Hatati scored the second one." I said, "No, it's a third." Aye. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Rest easy. Here's another one. <laughs> Um, Paddy, big question, and it's, I suppose it's a question of Rangers. Can Aaron Ramsey play defence? Goalie? Can he play? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> would, they, would they want to? They are, would they want to? They are all at sea at that point, and if you're a Rangers fan, you must be thinking, what what is going on? What are we, you know, mentally and otherwise? Because they have absolutely crumbled. I've mentioned they've then taken three players off at half time. I think it's Kamara, Barisic, and the young lad Diallo. Mm-hmm. Is it Diallo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and rightfully so, because they've just not been getting the response you know, they've wanted and there's now serious questions have to be asked of that Rangers team. They've come back from the break, take the Scottish Cup out of the equation from the four league games, drawn two, won one and lost one. Five points from 12. It's hardly a title winning form, is it? It's not in, uh, obviously what we know ourselves, I think that they would like to kid themselves on sometimes, but we know ourselves, we can definitely see the cracks. We can see the cracks in our team last season. So mm-hmm. it's fairly easy to identify when you're, you're kidding yourselves on. Um, I think now is time for us to really just continue what we are doing. A few of us have spoke if we win the next two league games and they're very hard games, Motherwell away, Aberdeen away. And we see what happens at their home games against Hearts and Hibs. I think that's a massive, massive uh, turn in this league title in my opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think what we've seen in the last few weeks is that every week is huge, every week of fixtures is huge. And to your point, Paddy, those next two games for both teams will let us really see what's going to start playing out. There's only now 14 games left or 24 games in. And the good thing is I like the fact that Ange will have them focused. I think Matt O'Reilly leaned towards it in some of his comments, but it's just, it's one game at a time. You just need to deal with the here and now and the rest of it will will take care of itself. Yeah, there was somebody actually after the Dundee United game at the weekend was asked a question about the the derby game yesterday. And they said, it's good we can now start to focus on that because it's the next game. So it hadn't been in their minds, it hadn't been, they weren't allowed to start thinking about it until final whistle did United. Now you can start to think about that game because that is your next game. And that's the way they're disciplined. And discipline's a huge thing for these 14 games and for this team as they grow together. And you can't deny Andrew's really brought that to the, to the club. Yeah, I think, I think he's got the players in a, a really good headspace and he's got them just really focused for the you know the challenges that they lie ahead over the next few months. Paddy, the game itself, it's effectively done by halftime, you know, and as much as we'd all love to see four, five, six. 12, however many you thought it might have been. The players have shown a maturity to see out the second half. It wasn't, you know, the best half to watch, particularly when you've been spoiled by that first half. But there's been a real maturity just to to see out that game and keep yet another clean sheet at Celtic Park. Absolutely. Obviously, in the attacking front, I'd agree, yeah, wasn't the best to watch. But for me, what was really enjoyable was just watching us soak up pressure and doing it very, very comfortably. I think there was only one misplaced misplaced pass from our our centre-half um, or sent a half pairing the full game and it was probably just at a point where if Rangers did get a goal they might have had a shout and try to get back into the game 
but it was mopped up very quickly. It was dealt with. It, um, it was Starfelt nearly laid, uh, played one of them in. Yeah. But he mopped up very quickly and it got dealt with. And for me, for that second half, I was like, I don't. Want, I'm not saying training session, but it's good practice for them in order for them to realise that like they can transit. they can soak up pressure from supposedly our, our, our biggest challengers and they, they've done it fairly easily in my opinion yeah I, I double checked this that James I was talking about it last night Celtic have only lost two league goals at home all season it was apparently from Aberdeen it was a header from Dundee United and nothing else so we beat wow. Dundee and St Myrne 6-0 and 6-0 loads of results loads of clean sheets and there's another one last night and it's we I think we titled one of our episodes attackers you know scotty goals but it's defences attacks win games defence wins leagues mm -hmm. and it's this really really tight and solid defence we've got I think we've only lost 13 league goals in those 24 games and that's also what's making a difference it's not just about the flair there's flair in abundance Jota, Kyogo, Rodic, Abada, Hatati, you name them but this solid defence starting with Joe Hart and moving out from there is a key reason as to why we are where we are Absolutely, and it's a, it's a total misread by the Scottish football media that, you know, we're not solid at the back, you yeah. know, they were shaky at the back and Taylor, Starfield, whatever, whatever, you know, these guys aren't losing goals, so what's what? why the heavy scrutiny? So getting that second half opportunity against what's meant to be the best opposition will come up against the league and to really showcase their defensive abilities in a very calm, disciplined, professional manner, you know, they weren't panicked, they weren't under any massive pressure, they just did their job. Yeah, exactly, that. and you get the rewards. Paddy, Rio Hatate got the stadium man of the match, but Joseph Juranovic has got to have run him a, a close second, hasn't he? I think we were talking just before we came on, he was man of the match for me. Yeah, um, I think Ryan Kent has just been allowed out his pocket as we speak. Um, <laughs> not a peep from him the full game. I thought at points you actually seen Kent run with the ball and I think he'd been harassed that much by Juranovic. He was running with the ball thinking that he was next to him. And actually, if he turned around, there was no one near him. And he's just running back towards <laughs> the goal. The ghost of Juranovic. What, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, if you're any of his, his other uh, teammates, they would be like, Ryan, Ryan, mate. <laughs> it's okay. He's not but, there. But he started pulling inside instead of going Aye. down the wing as a wing. He started pulling inside because Aye. he thought, I'm not getting no change down there. No, and it made it easier. It made yeah. it so much. He was running into traffic, traffic every time, man. Um, but that's just, that's a clever, clever defender. And as yeah. we said earlier on, two and a half million pounds. What a steal. Yeah, what exactly. a steal. And he's one of just so many guys that have just slotted in seamlessly. You know, some players come into a new country, a new challenge, a new league, will take time and some players should be given time, whether it's, you know, six months or otherwise. But so many have hit the ground running and that's played such a huge part. Out with Hatati, who, you know, we've raved about there, uh, and Juranovic, as Matt O'Reilly, you know, <sighs> 21 years of age, just coming class. in and just showing his class all across the board in these last few games. And, you know, what's he brought to the team, James, in just a short space of time? You know, I suppose we need to separate, to a degree, the, the Rogic comparison, because he's playing that kind of Rogic role. Looking at him on his own, he's, he's just such a talent. He's a, he's a great thinker. He's in the right positions. He's got great feet. Everything looks effortless to him. You know, he, he was dinking balls into the box that you know, could be a real challenge for other players. Just effortless for him. He's brought us that extra wee bit of um, flair. <laughs> Someone said, Matt O'Reilly is uh, like if you took Ryan Christie into the repair shop. <laughs> well, he would get back out. That's harsh. <laughs> um, but he's been huge for us. He's just, he's just shown his class, as I say, one and a half million, 21 years of age. What a find. So he was speaking after the match 
to give his thoughts on, on such an experience. So let's listen to that now. Yeah, I can't compare that to anything I've ever been in. No, no chance. I can't actually hear my own voice right now, so um, that says enough. Um, no, nah, mental, crazy experience, but um, yeah, I'm, sh I'm actually struggling to put it into words, but honestly, in terms of fans in the world, I think we might, we've got the best fans in the world, honestly. Like, after that night, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Like, I've been to a lot of football games, Champions League games, but that, even for a Scottish Premier League game, it's honestly, it's crazy. So um, all I can say is thank you to the fans for that, that was mental. Off the pitch, we're a, we're a very tight group, so I think that makes it easy in terms of transitioning onto the pitch. So um, in that sense, we're not phased by the magnitude of the game. You know, we're, we feel calm, we feel ready, um, and I think that showed in our performance. I mean, we can't get carried away. We're definitely gonna we're gonna enjoy it. We have to. Um, it's not many nights like this that you, that you experience. But um, no, like you said, another game on Sunday. Three points we need there, and hopefully we can just continue building this. So yeah, as I'd mentioned, Paddy, he's he's a he's a mature lad, doesn't he? Mm. You know, a smart lad for twenty one, and he, he definitely seems like the kind of guy you can enjoy a, a nice wee latte with of, a, of an afternoon, isn't it? <laughs> I, I definitely, um, I'm a I'm a latte drinker myself, so yeah, I, I'd be happy with that, with Mister O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, just discuss geopolitics. <laughs> That's a, he is a smart man, no doubt. Um, but there has been so many comparisons with him and Tom Rogic, and it's uncanny how similar they are. They're both naturally left-footed, they're quite tall, they're quite rangy. They seem to have that kind of half-turn thing going on. And they two will just, I think they'll pass that baton back and forth through the ah, rest yeah. of the season. I, I definitely agree. Um, the good thing for us as well with that is that it's still given time, it's given O'Reilly time just to kind of bed in to the, the pace of our game for a start. Um, I think the game against Hearts, he was another player that kind of slowed up around about the 60-minute mark. And then at Dundee United, I kind of seen that happen as well. Wait till these guys get a full pre-season with us mm. and you're just thinking, you know, that they're going to be firing all cylinders and I just think he's going to be a very influential player for us in years to come. I really do. Um, a big thing for us as well, again, for our players and this, this group of players is the recovery they might get if they do win the league because there'll be no qualifiers mm. and if, if we get uh, the automatic Champions League spot. Um, and I just think that's huge for us going forward. I think they'll be recovering on a 12-game tour of Australia and Japan. That's the problem. <laughs> Absolutely. One game at a time, fellas. Quite right. Um, but yeah, no, Matt O'Reilly and others have been outstanding. Paddy, you rightfully mentioned Greg Taylor. He deserves plaudits. I've not been his biggest fan historically. No. He stepped up last night. Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Juranovic making up a, a really solid back four. A guy I'd like to give praise to, and I think it's due... He came on in the 73rd minute for Hatati, and it's James McCarthy. Mm. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was strong, aggressive, technical, and he, he showed all the things that, that brought him to Celtic Park or why we brought him in. Yeah, and he read the situation perfectly. He knew exactly what was needed. Um, putting his foot on the ball, always finding a man, breaking up play, making his tackles. You know, I, I've always been a McCarthy fan. I always wanted to see him at Celtic. I don't think it has happened for him as yet. Um, that's probably the best performance he's put in since he came to Celtic and if he can take something from that it gives us another um, piece in the puzzle that we can we can play when we want to slow games down or we want to be more considerate about our approach so it just adds another strength to the ball Yeah, um, so yeah, plaudits for James McCarthy and rightfully so Another fella that came on is 16 year old Ben Doak hmm. That's a dream isn't it? Amazing, amazing and actually it, normally when you're looking at a 16 year old when they're coming into a, a starting lineup. They've still got like a lot of development to do. They're, they're you know they're, they're not physically ready for it. He, he looks the part. He looks as if he's um, looks as if he's a bit of a handful. And I think uh, 
you know, I think it's been the likes of the the B team and also the under 18s that have been raving about him quite a bit mm-hmm. for uh, Postacoglu to give him a chance and another great player to have. Yeah, he's come under the radar a wee bit, James, because at 15, you're not allowed to play <laughs> first team senior football. Would have played you earlier, it was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so he turned 16 in November there. And as mentioned, I think Steve McManus and others have had a close eye on him. They've known all about him. And I suppose just as soon as they've been able to, they've introduced him to this, this first team squad during a, a, you know, a frenzied time and a, and a pressure time as well. And he's just not phased by anything. No, but it's it's very different from that period in December when, you know, no harm to Tim Offit and Dawson. They, they played their part there as well, you know, but they were picked out of necessity. Doak seems to be picked on ability yeah. because he's coming on there and this, this isn't jumping in James Forrest. When Forrest came on, I thought Doak should have come on, you know, instead of that switch. He came on later on. He's just very confident, as we saw on Saturday against United. He's very confident. He's direct. Um, he's, he's pacey. He, for, the, for the age of him, he's not bullied off the ball. Mm-hmm. He stands up to guys, as Sakala can tell you. Um, so, yeah, he's a real prospect. There's work to be done, obviously, off the field in terms of contracts and um, getting pro. He's a Celtic fan. Just surely we'd be getting a wee taste of this and going, I've got to stay here for at least my first pro contract and then see where my career goes. Yeah. I think also, Paddy, he's got to be a huge inspiration to the the many young ball boys at Celtic Park. (laughs) (laughs) Given that they they themselves will be looking at Ben and going, geez, he's only a year and a half older than me. I I could go and do that in a couple of years' time. (laughs) Uh, I thought the ball boys had a a great game last night. (laughs) Credit to every one of them. Um, Al McGregor was haunted by every (laughs) single one of them. (laughs) Yeah. But I think just the exciting thing, Ben Doak and otherwise, and, and I touched on it earlier, it's just the young talent that's at Celtic Park. Guys at 16, guys at 21, a bad at 20. You know, there's just so much to be positive about across the board. And you do wonder, and, and I'm genuine about, you know, let's take it one game at a time and see where it goes. But having a glance further afield in general in terms of if this team continues to progress in the way that we've seen so far from Ange, the the possibilities could be very exciting. Absolutely. I mean, it really is. You know, I, I had high hopes for this season. I thought we, we could get a league win, but a really tight league win, and it might well turn out or turn it to be that. Mm-hmm. But I've maintained for a long time the gap was a myth. It was you know, fairly well manufactured by ourselves more than anyone else. So the real hope, and what everyone talks about with Angie's teams, is about season two when it really starts to kick in. And you know we could have Champions League football within that as well. Ange spoke last night about the way I play football, the way I want us to play football, and the way we played in the first half. We go toe to toe with anyone in the world playing like that. And that's that. You spoke about it after Leverkusen. You know we could have um, played defensive and tight and all these things, but you don't learn anything from that. Go and you know play the way we want you to play. Make mistakes, learn from them, and then that sets you up for a Real Madrid, a Barca, a Bayern Munich next season. And that's where we're headed. Yeah, <laughs> bring them on one game at a time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, as you rightfully mentioned, <laughs> Ange is the man who's made this all possible. Paddy, I'm going to read out a great quote. I think it was from the BBC post match, uh, and it just. It, just epitomises everything that he stands for and what he's brought to the club. So he said, We're upholding the values of this club and not just in winning, but in how we play our football. I want the fans to be proud of us. I don't know how work will go tomorrow for most of them. We had 60,000 in here. I'm sure a lot walked in with some problems in their lives. And for this 95 minutes, we made them forget that and feel good. And that's something special. And everything he says, you know, you're, you're hanging on to his every word, but he's just, he's nailed it again and then some. Uh, I read that last night and I... I totally agree just the the consideration and it's a, a lot of his um interviews 
he, he takes his right into his heart with everything that he's saying. Um, a lot of other managers over the years have, you know, they've played the party line of best fans in the world and everything. There's a real meaning when I'm just speaking about is I think there's just uh, it's it's believable for a start. Telling the truth. <laughs> every, uh, every single bit. Uh, and that just gets us on side, um, which is obviously something that he wants, but it also just makes us respect the guy even more. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see what we're doing on the park, but off the park, having someone like that in charge of a club, the manager of the club is just, is a credit to us just now. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. James, he's been a, an absolute phenomenon since day one, hasn't he? Yeah, but as much as Ange talks about he doesn't sign players, he signs people. You know, we've got a person as our manager who espouses or embodies the spirit of Celtic as much or more than anyone since Tommy Burns. There's not been anyone since him that thinks about society the way that Celtic do, the way that Tommy Burns does, and Anne shares that. And that bleeds into everything he does. You know, the way he brings players in, the way he you know, pulls them together, the way he sets up that team spirit. We've, I mean, I thought we'd have got talent from him and good football. I did not expect to get this side of him. And we've been, you know, what a bonus that is. Yeah. Paddy, I've said in the weekly show this week that some of his pals in the group chat still weren't convinced by him. <sighs> couldn't believe that. Miff needs your pals, doesn't he? He does, <laughs> aye, aye, absolutely. Maybe some bold ones. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely Harsh words by him Harsh yeah. words um, But it's such I, can't, I just can't I don't know anyone now That I've spoken to That, that isn't fully on board The only people that I think That aren't on the Ange train Are those who dug deep At the start and went This is a farce And blah blah yeah. And can't bring it To the You know On themselves to back down But otherwise If you're in any way Reasonable as a person It's all there for you to see Isn't it It's incredible The turnaround is Absolutely incredible The work he had to do We all knew it At the end of the first window we were still going to struggle. It was going to be a tough season because you can't you can't replace a team over a summer like the way he almost did actually. But you, you, it was impossible to do. And then just to have those players ready to come in from the first of January, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. His turnaround's been incredible. And as I said, I, I do. I, the confidence is with me that we will win the league. I do think we will. I think that the momentum is there. I think that we will continue to keep winning. Um, if anything, if we get more injuries, if anything happens in the sense that allows them to call ourselves back in and we do finish second, he's still our manager next season, 100% for what he's done. And he, the, the guy deserves a pre-season. The guy deserves to have a full summer with his players. They're now his players. And it's looking so, so positive for us in the years to come under his leadership. I would talk about tying him down. Yeah, yeah. It's important. Yeah. I've seen some some tweets and different things last night. He's on the rolling contract that most new Celtic managers seem to be on. I think Brendan Rodgers was on it. Maybe even Martin O'Neill back in the day before they then sign him up. Give him the contract for life. Sign him up. I can see it. It's not for this conversation. And you know, we'll start to wrap things up shortly. But I can see Ange being our first team manager for a few years and then becoming our head of football or director of football. Such is the way he carries himself. Oh, I he's, don't know. he's at that age. He's fifty six, mm-hmm. and I just wonder if he'll. He'll fall in love with what's going on. What do you think? I think he's got his, you know, he's kind of told us already, he'll stay at Celtic until he's got such sustained success that the challenge starts to wane for him. And I think he'll want at least one extra challenge in Europe or whatever. Um, I think he'll go away to, to one other club and maybe circles back after that. You know, the weather here is just as nice as Australia after all. Yeah. <laughs> so back-to-back Champions League successes for yeah. Celtic. Done all he can do. <laughs> 
moves on. But I think you're right, Paddy. Just you know, the overall point is let's tie him down for at least the the medium term. Let's make sure he's a sustained part of what we're doing moving forward because he has been such an integral and, and, and special find for Celtic and, and long may that continue. In terms of the bigger picture, so yep, we're top of the table now for the first time in, in too long. Uh, some might say natural order restored, who am I to say? Uh, and there's now 14 games to go to secure this league title. We've got a one-point advantage, we've got a 10-goal advantage, yeah, and that's a, an interesting swing last night. Mm-hmm. Three deposit for us, three negative for Rangers. And as I mentioned, Paddy, things aren't quite right across the water. They've now picked up five points out of 12 since coming back after the break and it's just a, a pivotal few weeks just now because we are here, they're wavering somewhere around here and what happens over the next few weeks could really pave the path for, for the remainder of the season. So just as we start to wrap up things, James, have you any kind of final comments, perhaps on last night or the general picture at the moment? Just reset, start again, don't get carried away. Um, much like, as, like much, you too. <laughs> much as I've done, I, I'm not getting paid 15, 20 grand a week to play football. Um, and they won't, you know, the, the players won't be allowed to do that, whether it be by Kennedy McManus, Ange uh, McGregor, the lobby setting maybe this morning off in a session this afternoon. Big big game on Sunday, and there can't be any thinking of titles and Champions League or you know any running away. You've just got to get the next game, get the three points. So two big games coming up: uh, Motherwell away, Aberdeen away. Hard hard games. Aberdeen midweek, Petodre, Tynecastle and Petodre midweek in the space of a couple of weeks. You know. Yeah. If you come through that unscathed, then we're really looking good. Yeah, it's a sign of champions. A lot of guys getting plaudits, players, coaches, managers. One guy who's not getting the credit he should be getting is Gavin Strachan as well. And for covering everybody, yeah. Gav Strack needs the credit because he got all the grief last year. He's part of what's going on. And you can he's see guy. you can see in the, the dugout mm-hmm. you know, in, the, in the celebrations, he's a part of that. So I just wanted to note that because it's not fair to give him grief last year and not give them the credit this year. Anyway, Paddy, just same with yourself as we start to wrap things up. What's your, your final comments at the moment? So, yeah, I, I agree with James. Um, definitely, obviously, I'm happy to get carried away with it all, but it is one game at a time. Um, I do think the next week and a half is is crucial, though. I think it could be season-defining. The reason I say that is, that just like what we've mentioned there, we've had Hearts, uh, we've had, sorry, we've had Tynecastle, we've had Petaudry. Um, I think Easter Road comes up soon. Um, you get that out of the way, it's a pretty good home run in for us uh, to the end of the season, depending on how the split goes. But I'm pretty sure there was something saying that if the split went the way it was, we would have five home, they would have five away. Can they can't do it. No, they can't do that. Um, but I mean, that's just a, a sign of what, what we've went to the hard places so mm. far this season and we've done very well. So I think the next week and a half is huge. Yeah, I think there's been so many challenges put to this Ange Postacoglu side and they've come through every one of them with mm-hmm. flying colours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they've got silverware in the trophy room. Yeah, one down, three to go if Paddy's quadruple is three correct. The quadrangle. Yeah. The quadrebel. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a special, special night for Celtic last night and a huge stepping stone to reach the top of the table for Ange Postacoglu, Captain Callum McGregor and for the rest of his teammates. The challenge now is to stay there and next up it's Motherwell at Fur Park on Sunday lunchtime. We'll be back with you for that one. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for tuning in.
Social Podcast Network.